I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is an hour of manliness. This is an hour. I'm going to welcome everyone back to the Mouth of Manliness. It is a very special episode today because I'm so pleased to welcome uh, Peter Holmstrom from um, Pete International Airport and the Dandy Warhols and loads of things, really. You're a man of many talents. Yeah. Um, Walls of Dada. It's a project I do with Chris Ollie from 6x7. Wow, um, of course. Yeah. They're a great band. They're amazing. They were amazing. Um, they still are amazing. Chris is amazing. I, he's like one of the most productive people I've ever met. Um, he just cranks songs out, and they're all really good. So. Is it, well, they were British. Uh, is he British? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I might then. Yeah. Uh, Nottingham. Does he play a Rickenbacker? He does. Yes. I thought you did. I thought you did. Like, uh, one of the reasons why I'm so pleased to have you on here is because I'm a massive guitar nerd. Like, I'm obsessed with guitars. Um, yeah. You can see one up there. And, uh, yeah. We're in my, my room is like your room a little bit. It's got guitars and that everywhere. Yeah, this, this is my... Yeah, pretty much every piece of musical equipment I own is crammed into this room, mostly. It's a, it's a, it's a very expensive hobby, guitars. <clears throat> uh, yeah. It is. So, I, and the reason why I think, like, I, um, when um, uh, his come down came out, I was, um, I loved that album. I listened to it to death. And what I remember hearing every day should be a holiday. In I used to be a chef in the kitchen and just going, that's a tune. And then I bought the album off the back of that. And um, it's just like, there's that tune and then there's the junkie tune. And then, but there's so much more to the album that you can really dig in. Cause it's like, yeah. it's like there's soundscapes on it. There's kind of poppy bits, got everything on it. Yeah. It's, we, we wanted to be able, we wanted to do everything and tried, tried to cram it all into every record back then. Um, for sure. I mean, we used up, 
I think the whole CD's length of time, like we couldn't really get any more on there. Um. Yeah, I love that. And there's loads of cool experimental guitar, loads and loads of pedals and that, which is basically what I was just so into and still am really. Yeah. So like, I used to, uh, I, like, I quite often uh, go on like Google and look at um, people's pedal boards and things and think, oh, I want that. And one of the first ones that really blew me away was yours because it was huge. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that big anymore. Um, just because I have to carry it to the airport. <laughs> Still pretty big though. I find it weird. Like as I've got um, older, it's yeah. As I've got older, I I prefer less. Like I actually kind of just want to get. Like, I look for a really nice guitar sounds and like reverbs and that, and I don't really go that mad on it anymore. Yeah, I I tend to I tend to do less. Like if I'm recording, there'll be less pedals in the chain of a sound, but but I think it's mainly because I know more what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and pedals these days do way more than they used to. You know, there back then there was like combine combining things to create a sound. Now it's like you can get one pedal and do that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been messing around with uh, I got the Boss guitar synth and I've been messing around with that and like you could just record the whole album with that uh, and you don't need the pickup. This one? Yeah, that same one. Yeah, that's uh, that is pretty much what I did on on the last Dandies record. Like ninety percent of what I did was that pedal. If you, I find it really I find it hard to go in and like change the patches or go I pretty much just leave them as they are but they the volume fluctuates so much on them it drives me a bit mad yeah it's um uh it was great for recording um and i i do use it live because there's a sound that that i there's just no way i could get any combination of pedals to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I started using, using um, for some other sounds that, that I obviously so big had ditch a whole of um, other pedals on my board to, to make it fit. So yeah, you know, uh, but, but it's great. I, I, it, it is a, bit interesting editing uh patches and stuff but i don't know so, didn't it? I, I was yeah. looked at the the small like the the boss normal size version of it i uh, yes because i was hoping that the sound that i wanted was on that and it's not uh, yeah yeah i was having an army and it, uh, it, so the other thing that you got me into um, was you play kind of quite interesting guitars, or you have been. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's going off piste, like not just going Gibson Fender. So I've like since bought some, like I've got a built guitar there and a, wow. a Revolter, and you know, like just going off of the normal path that people yeah. very rarely do. Well, I got really lucky. Um the there was a guy that that used to repair my guitars or set them up before tour um that made made has his own like you know brand of guitars and he's since doesn't do repairs anymore he just makes guitars um and 
So I had him make me a guitar that I thought didn't really exist. Um, and then it was so good that that was just like, oh, I just want to play his guitars. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then because I also then got it, got kind of obsessed with other, you know, other builders and like anything that sort of caught my fancy and uh, wasn't completely horrendously priced. I just sort of put the credit card down and crossed my fingers and got very lucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. That's exactly what I did. You know, I have got lucky. Uh, I've only done like I've gambled twice on like reverb and. Uh, yeah. Got lucky. I end up like kind of modding them a bit anyway. But yeah, getting where I want them to be is brilliant. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like having things made for me now. <laughs> so that's that's kind of I I like um like meeting the people that build them too. I think it's I think those people are really cool. Um, so I know I know a bunch of guitar and pedal and synth builders all over the world now, just because I hunt them down. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great to be able to do that. Yeah. So, um, so when you know, um, what I often am interested in is um, when was the, like when you were playing in the dandies or are playing in the dandies? What, what, when was there? Was there a point when you could go right? I could chuck in my job now. You know, we've made it, like, you've done it enough that you can... <laughs> that was pretty early on. Um, probably probably sooner than I should have, too. Because, um, I mean, essentially, when we started the band, I, Courtney and I were working as roadies for a, a band, that, uh, like a, a swing band that played weddings and corporate parties and, and just sort of events. Yeah. Um, and that worked great up until we started getting successful enough to be playing only weekends. And then there was like this, there was this overlap of, of um, where we would go set them up, go get our gear, sound check, play our show, tear down, drop our gear off, go back to their gig, pick their gig up, gear up, and you know we do that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was just like it was insane. <laughs> I've played in bands most of my life, like not very successfully. But you've basically had to do all the worst bits like, three times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The and the carrying and the breaking down. Yeah, but I mean, it was also it was good good experience because it's like a new knew my way around like uh, a lot more equipment earlier on than you know, I would have otherwise. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and then, God, I think it was even before we even got signed when we, we started touring around the U.S. that we just, you know, we, we had to just let the, that job go and just sort of accrue debt. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... And then they got some money and pay that off and keep our apartment, you know, it's... It was a, it was a bit of a risk, but it it paid off. Yeah, it kind of had to be done. I always get the impression that um, like you guys as a band are like a really nice little unit. Like you're all kind of 
you're you're nice to one another. You know, it's kind of what it seems like a like quite a warm environment for some reason. Yeah, you know, uh, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been doing this twenty six years or something. Yeah. Um, so it's we've had our ups and downs. Um, and no, we've not always been nice to each other. Um, and probably in the future won't be nice to each other either, but there's, there's, I think we all realize that, that the band is all four of us and that it just wouldn't work, you know, without one of us. So it's like, we, we keep our shit together. Yeah. It's like the band's bigger than you. It's yeah. like a thing on this band. And it's also, it's like, it's, it's, it's family, essentially. So you put up with all sorts of crap from your family and they're still your family and you still have to deal with them. It's kind of like that. It's not, you know, so it's like, don't get a, like a easily offended and try not, just do your best and not piss people off. It's, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's a good metaphor for life, really, isn't it? Do your best and try not to piss people off. Yeah. It it seems so simple. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other night when you messaged me, I was uh, I was with my friend, uh, and um, he's got quite a successful podcast over here, and he did a uh, a top five um, favorite music documentaries, and his number one was Dick, and uh, I had to kind of agree with him because like it is. It's a proper roller coaster of documentaries. It's 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 brilliant, and we you know we all kind of love it. And um, I think one of the things that really comes across is that you guys are all really lovely in it. You know, like you're all kind of pretty humble. When when it kind of took off, you're all kind of like, you know, you felt lucky, and you're all really nice in it. Uh, and even you're all really, really nice and going, Anton's brilliant. He's like, he's an inspiration. You know, couldn't say enough nice things. And then Anton is the complete opposite. Um, and uh, it's just it, like seeing that kind of, like, that balance there is so interesting. Um, but it did lead me to start listening to Brian Jonestown. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately, you know, I think both us and... And I don't know about all of Jonestown because that's a lot of different people, but <clears throat> I know us and Anton weren't happy with the movie. Um, but the, the result of it, like that, that people did pay attention to Anton and, and his music is fantastic. And so it might just be worth, worth it. <laughs> yeah. It kind of comes across as like a, a like, I would say eccentric kind of genius in it. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's, that is kind of who he is. He's, he's um, definitely eccentric and I don't know, genius is tossed around a little too easily, but, but talented. Mm. Fuck yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, <laughs> and, and driven, like he's, he's another very, very productive person. And um, I, <laughs> I wish I could work as fast as he does, because um, then I'd have more than two records out of my own. But. It's hard, it's hard to, uh, I think, you know, like every band needs a leader, they say. Uh, yeah. So you've uh -huh. got someone stoking the fire and making sure things happen. Otherwise, you know, if you, <laughs> and you have a lot of very creative people who are just kind of in their world of sound, not as much happens. You need that kind of pusher. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's difficult. It's hard to get motivated sometimes, I find. You kind of have to really force yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely forced my, forced my, I've been forcing myself a lot more lately. Um, and it's not, you know, there's definitely days which produce absolutely nothing. But I've tried. That's something. <laughs> Yeah, I do a lot of artwork and I went through this period for about a year before <laughs> lockdown where I, I I pretty much created a piece of artwork a day. I was like hammering it out every day and then lockdown started and it just went. It's like the muse disappeared. Right. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah, that's it's frustrating. So, um, so yeah, tell me about you then, Peter. And going on to the kind of topic of mental health, um, have you ever had any struggles yourself? Um, not not too bad. Uh, depression for sure. Um, never too extreme. Um, I guess I don't know. I mean. There were there were many years of uh, excessive drinking and substance ab abuse um, to avoid thinking about stuff, um, and the band is a very good distraction. And it was doing well well enough for a long time that I was pretty good at at just suppressing uh, feelings in general. Um, but no, I mean besides besides depression, no nothing. Um, nothing serious. Depression could be quite serious, though, can't oh, it? Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, and I think um, a lot of people do kind of use substances to kind of hide, hide from those yeah. kind of feelings. Um, it's funny, like, I've spoken to quite a few people in bands and in music, and um, a lot of them say that, you know, like, it's kind of, you think of this idea of, oh, you make it in a band and that's it, everything's brilliant. Yeah. Someone's going to sort everything out for you. It's sorted. But uh, the insecurities that they were talking about was quite, I was really shocked by, is that, you know, there's that kind of constant fear of someone kind of being better than you, you know, bad shows, uh, you know, everyone's looking at you, that kind of thing. And yeah. so, like, did you guys experience any of that? Um, to some degree, um, you know, there's definitely bad shows, um, lots of those. Um, they tended to be the important ones, too. Um, we all, you know, all of a sudden extra pressure and you just screw up all sorts of things or overcompensate or whatever it is. Um, uh, as far as the everybody's looking at you thing. Security. I think we all kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because, and, and it also didn't, like, I mean, we had just enough success to keep things going, but it never was a huge amount until, like, you know, the whole Vodafone ad, um, Bohemian, you know, thing. Yeah. And that was all mainly in Europe and Australia and, and the UK. And we weren't there. 
So we really didn't experience it while it was happening. We, we came and played some shows. We did the, came over and did Top of the Pops. But we didn't really experience the, 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 the peak of our success, I guess. Um, we were busy trying to make another record. Um, That's st- that song is still, that was on like uh, MTV2, like just earlier. And, and it was on the radio today. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's really the song that, that kept us going. I mean, it's, it's still paying for stuff, you know? It's great. Bought us a studio. It's like it kept us, it pretty much kept us afloat um, after Capital let us go and we had to sort of find our way on our own. Um, so, yeah. So do you do it all yourself now? Like, do you uh, do your own releases or anything? Uh, we we'll generally work with a label, but um, we, tr- we tried one on our own. Uh, <clears throat> realized really quick we know nothing about what we're doing in that whole department. Um, and then we've had some other, other, like, smaller labels we dealt with uh, to varying degrees of success. Um, I don't know. We'll see. So we'll see what happens the next time around. And the studio is that the uh, the auditorium? Yeah, that looks so cool. It's it's an it's it's a ridiculously big space. I mean, it's it's like you could really just perform shows in there easily um, if we could, you know we'd have to build more bathrooms and put in a, another exit or something in order to, in order to like qualify for uh, whatever, you know, oh, local, local rule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that um, Courtney's got like a wine bar in there. Uh-huh. There's a wine bar in there now. Yeah. And then, and then our studio. So. And you've got a guitar shop. No, 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 no. That's a friend's guitar shop. Uh, I, it was I was helping him out for a few years because um, it was fun. Yeah. And he gave me good deals. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's lots of fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cheap guitars, anything vintage comes in, you can grab it, grab hold of it. Oh, well, it was just nonstop stuff coming in. Um, it was like just crazy things that I never thought I'd ever see. Um, and then some some historical stuff too. Um, that was very very cool. Got to meet some cool guitar players too. Um, yeah. My friend uh, interviewed um, Johnny Marr's son the other day, uh, yeah. and uh, Johnny Marr lived in Portland, I think, for a while. Yeah, I think he still has a house here. Yeah, because I think one of the Cribs lived in Portland, so. He- uh, think he still lives here too yeah i think i don't don't quote me on that i really don't know um yeah, but yeah i mean i i guess uh johnny bought a house here when when he was with modest mouse course, yeah is that as well yeah yeah and then the cribs connections like i i don't i don't know how whatever coincidence i'm not sure maybe maybe he met him here i don't know yeah, yeah, he probably did. Yeah, he was here. I was really shocked when he was playing in the Crips, but he certainly added something to it. Hell yeah! I, I saw, I saw, I saw a show that was amazing. 
Yeah, um, I've, seen, I've seen the Crips quite a few times, but I, was, I never got to see him with Johnny Mars, gutted. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. I'm, gl- I'm glad I, because I, I kind of stumbled on that. It was, it was a, a, I have no idea. I don't even remember how I ended up there, but I did. Um, yeah, I bought uh, the Johnny Marr signature guitar because I'm a massive Johnny Marr fan. Uh, yeah, just off the back of him, really. Best Jaguar I've ever played by, by a long way. Yeah, they take a little a little finessing to get them to to be to be good. Yeah, they do. But like that, the Johnny Marr one is pretty much straight out of the box. Right. Yeah. I've only played I've only played one of those. It was one that I guess he gave to Isaac from Modest Mouse. That was over there, Um, and I, I wasn't super impressed with it. But it was just that one. And it, I think it was fresh out of the box and hadn't been set up for anything. Yeah, I think it might have been set up when I got it. But like the bridge and everything's really nice on it. I was really pleased with it. So, um, so do you? So when you were like, you know, have you ever thought about why you might have felt depressed when you felt depressed? Um, uh, definitely girlfriend issues part partly um uh questioning my self-worth i suppose fair amount of that definitely uh i don't know um yeah beyond that uh yeah, just general unhappiness with with who who I am, yeah. uh, physically, whatever. Like you know, it's um, I think like most, well, a lot of depression and a lot of mental health problems come down to that. You know, yeah. like, like you get you hit a point, maybe you kind of you come out of being a real little kid, and then suddenly it's like you're kind of weighing yourself up against other people. And you're thinking, I don't match up. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, the I suppose, like, like being being a band. It's, I'm I'm a technically gifted guitar player by any means. Um, and that was definitely that 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 was you know knowing that and not and not. You know, it's as much as I practice, I still don't really get it much better. I'm gonna do, but not as much as I'd like. I know that was that was something that that got to me in a much bigger way back then. Okay. Um, now I'm like I'm pretty much comfortable where I'm at. Um, realize that my my skills maybe are a little broader than just being a technically brilliant guitar player. It's strange. Uh, like I, I never thought. Uh, it's some, sometimes it's more about vibe and feel. You know, it's about what you bring sure. to the song. It's not like I, I don't know any of the notes of what I'm playing, but I know if someone goes, "Oh, can you come and do what you do?" I can do what I do yeah. well. Yeah. Like, no, like, it's it's funny. It's like uh, there's a, a couple people around town that'll call me up to come do sessions every once in a while. 
And generally what they want me to do is bring some pedals and feedback over the song, like, and just make some noise. Like there's no real playing. It's just what I, what pedals I plugged in and how far I'm holding the guitar from the amp. Um, it's to me, that's anybody could do that, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I, I've, I've done more of those sessions than any other kind. I think, uh, it was funny, right? Uh, I've, um, one of my favorite bands in Evo is the Verve. And the guitar, I was lucky enough to kind of meet the guitar player a few times. And from what he was describing, there is a skill to doing that. Like he was saying you'd have to stand in the stage at the right place at the right angle with like the right volumes and that to get those kind of wash sounds. Yeah. And he said, yeah, that's, like, there is a skill to it. It's not like that straightforward. Um, well, otherwise, you've just got high-pitched squeals and horrible noises, is not you? Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it works, it works. <laughs> it does, to yeah. It. <clears throat> yeah. So have you, I mean, have you had the opportunity to meet like your guitar heroes and things along the way? Yeah, I've met, I've met a few of them. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, it's, the first disappointment was realizing that they're human. Yeah. They're just like anybody else. Yeah. Um, they're just life path took them, you know, in a different direction. Um, and then you realize that you was, you know, there's some people I've established a, a, a great relationship with and are friends with them. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, we got one of the one of the first tours we did, um, like opening for somebody was uh, Electrofiction, which was Echo and the Bunnymen before they got it. Was, it was Will and Ian before they uh, started restarted Echo and the Bunnymen, um, and Will was fantastic. Like he was like the, he inspired me so much on that tour. Um, it was really really cool. Yeah. And he's still somebody. It's like I, I like, um, when we bump into each other, he's he's still really cool. He's um, what I like like that is a player with feel, isn't it? it like absolutely, it, yeah. Like it's got real. You can, it's almost like you can hear his hands. You know, <laughs> like that kind of yeah. rhythm hands. Um, yeah, I love I love Bunnyman. It's like especially the earlier stuff because it's so much more kind of it's like that tribal kind of feel to it. It's something, yeah. uh, and he doesn't use loads and loads of effects either. Like it's, no, um, when we we did that tour, he was using a like a Boss multi effects unit, and I was so blown away that I went and got one when I got home, and it sounded horrible. I couldn't make it sound good at all. I just like took it back to the shop and just went back. But I think he's still using stuff like that. I and his tone is. is amazing. Yeah, I think he is. And like, I think his guitars are pretty straightforward as well. I think, uh, I think he has a different pickup in his, his jag, but pretty straightforward. Uh, Johnny Marr. Yeah, there's, some, there's like a humbucker in the, in the bridge. 
I don't know what kind, but I think uh, Johnny Miles was in bus gear as well for a long time. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I use plenty of boss gear and have like the whole time, but it's all like just the pedals um, and that synth pedal, of course. But um, yeah, what, what was Ian McCulloch like? Uh, it's pretty fun. He was very fun. I had a couple of really good nights with him. Um, that I probably shouldn't go into too much detail. Uh, oh. But that, there was a, a weird thing happened on that. Well, it was, it was um, Will's mom, uh, I think, was dying on that tour. So he had to fly home. And their rhythm guitarist switched to lead, and they asked me to play the rhythm parts for three shows. Oh, really? Um, and this was, like, I had no idea that I could do it. Because yeah. I hadn't, like, at this point, I. You know, I, I, I knew how to play dandy songs from the first record, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and they, like, uh, Ian, Ian taught me all the songs one day, or one, one in one session, and then we went and did two days of rehearsals, and then played three shows back-to-back, -back where I did opening slot and, um, and headline. <laughs> That's got to be good for your confidence, isn't it? How old were you then, yeah. I reckon? How old was I? Yeah. I was probably mid-20s somewhere. I mean, we, I, you know, I started, I was 25 when the band started, so um, it's probably, I was probably 27, I guess. That's amazing. I, yeah. I spoke to um, Scott Sorry, played bass in uh, The Wild Hearts and... Um, like a lot of other bands and he said like uh one of his first gigs he like first big gig he supported the damned and they were his favorite band <laughs> yeah uh, and he was watching them rehearsal just blown away he couldn't believe he was actually there and then um like uh i think uh, their bass player couldn't he'd done something and he had to step up and, and play for them and he's yeah. like that was just the most, like he said, nothing's ever got any better than that. That was right. like the best thing ever. Nothing ever got better. Yeah. I mean, at, at that point, it, you know, it could have gone that direction for me. I and mean, that was definitely like an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, luckily, luckily things kept getting better, but um, well, that, yeah, was, just, that was definitely a cool one. Yeah, yeah, it's, you had massive success, though. You've got to go around the world, and yeah, and that must be good for your kind of self esteem. Uh, sure, but it's all you know, it's it's all a little fleeting. Mm. You come home, and it you know, you're back to just yourself, yeah. So, you yeah. gotta generally be fairly level in order to keep a lid on it. I used to find um, like when I was playing in a band in my twenties, like uh, our biggest gig was was at the Camden Palace, and there was like two thousand people there, and uh, it was like on a club night, and it was the most amazing experience ever. And then the next day at eight o'clock, I was working in the kitchen cutting up onions, and sleeping yep. <laughs> as hell, hungover as all shit, and like uh, no life is. All of those things. 
if you you know if you're well into music, it's it's what you can't. It's almost like you sold your soul to it. You know, it's like that's yeah. rock and roll. And rock and roll's exciting and rebellious and um, but yeah, yeah, incredibly unhealthy. <laughs> it's it certainly can be. It's it's way easier these days to to be healthier than it uh, than it was in the past. Um, but but it's a it is a it's a decision still that yeah. everybody must make. So how does touring work for you guys for you now? Like if you go touring, do you go on long tours or kind of? No, it's all it's all very short. Um, uh, the everybody else in the band has kids and uh, doesn't want to leave them behind for too long, and it's and they're all school age, so like them coming out on tour doesn't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's generally ten days to two weeks is like the longest we go out. Oh. Um, and they, yeah, I mean it's a l- little frustrating because I'm about warmed up by the end of that. <laughs> ready to, ready for the next couple weeks, but, you know, uh, so, you, you know, got to make it work. It must be difficult for you kind of uh, looking in, they've all got kids and, and like, you haven't, it's very different because I, I know like when I, before I had children and then my friends would have children, um, I was like, I just found the dynamic of it all changed and I found it really, really sure. uh, um Yeah, I kind of felt left out and, and almost angry about it, you know? <laughs> like, like, fucking kids. Um, I, I mean, I, for me, like touring is like one of my favorite things in the world. So it, it took me a little bit to, to adjust, but, um, it also kind of pushed me to uh, get my other projects touring as well, so I can just jump on another tour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it's not. At least that's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so have you found that really difficult, though? Has it been, like, because you can't go out and tour? I mean, music's all about touring now, isn't it? It's like, that's where the revenue is. Yeah, yeah. Um, touring and merch. Yeah, um, luck. I mean, luckily for us, we had just like we toured some last year, and we had just we did Australia in, in November, and that's generally sets us up for a while. So um, we still had a little 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 cash in the bank. Um, it's not gonna last forever though. So hopefully, everybody gets this sorted. Yeah, <laughs> back out uh-huh. again. <laughs> And I saw it as um like uh, selling houses, which I thought was yeah. bolt out of the blue. Well, that was quite, uh, that was interesting, quite surprising. Well, I mean, there was, so we had, we've, we've had a few management changes in the past. And there was one manager back there that, that was like pushing us to tour like crazy. And it got it kind of just wore everybody out because we go on these like tours in the US, like ev- like it seemed like there was a couple a year and we'd go back and play the same places and there'd be less people because they knew we'd be coming through the next time. It wasn't like a big deal anymore. Yeah. And so we would, we'd go on like a month long tour and come back with 
like not even enough money to pay our house payment, rent, whatever, you know, pay our bills for the month we were gone. And um, so it's like we had to we had to do some serious like figuring stuff out. And at that point, like it 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 was there was kind of a moment where that was it. The band was kind of done. And so Zia scrambled to find something else to do. Um, I was still, <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking I was going to be making it in music somehow, no matter what. So I didn't really try and find another job. Um, and then, I don't know, we ended up with new management and arranged things to, to work in a way that, that, that everybody was happy and that we were still paying our, our bills and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm so pleased you just got it sorted out. <laughs> I'm so pleased you did. Uh, it, I think it's really strange. I think since like, uh, you know, um, streaming and everything like that, like it seems like so many bands are, are, like, are really struggling to keep going. And it's really, really, yeah. it's really, really sad and shit that it's like that kind of state of affairs. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like, you know, like the festivals, it's always the same headline acts. Like there's only like these, you know, there's only a few managed to kind of keep going. And they're the fucking massive ones. You know, they're your food fighters and muse. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's just, uh, it's like, where's the music going to come from? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's something's got to change too. Cause it's like the whole, the whole streaming thing is not, it's not working. I mean, it's great for getting your music out there, but but still, it's like I don't know. You can't make music for free, you know. It's like I don't I don't think I've made money on my my records that I've done. I think I'm probably still paying off what I you know paid to get them mixed and mastered and produced. So, but you know that that's besides the point. I I will do that no matter what because. I have to, um, but for you know, it's the amount of energy that you put into it. It's like you should get something out of it, especially if it's getting a lot of spins on, you know, whatever, a lot of streams. Yeah, the percentage that you get on uh, streams is absolutely tiny. It's really bad, and you think, yeah. yeah, it takes a lot of work to make music and to make it well and the time it takes and everything, it's like, you know, yeah, of course you should be getting paid for it, of course. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange world and there's a lot of good things about the internet, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what it's going to take, though. Eh? Oh, absolutely. There's so, I mean, uh, I mean I'm, I'm just as much to blame. I mean, I've, 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 I've got Spotify. I've, you know, that's where I listen to most of my music. Still try and buy, try and buy vinyl here and there to, if I really, really listen to a record a lot. Uh, yeah. It's quite nice how vinyl's come back. I'm kind of, uh, what I notice though, a lot of people are like, they're well into their vinyl, then they'll buy one of those little portable record players with the really <laughs> shitty little speakers in it. And I'm like, yeah. That's not how you meant to listen to vinyl. That's yeah. not the point. You've missed it. Yeah. Not great. So I think uh, we're, we're coming up to our hour. So what, I, I, what I'd kind of um, like to finish with, if I may, uh, is 
you know, like I was, you know, like you were saying with Will Sargent, I wondered if you had one of those definitive moments when you're like, I can't fucking believe I'm doing this. I have way, many, many of those. Um, I mean, we got to tour with Bowie for two months in Europe. You know, we got to open for the Stones. We got to open for Tom Petty. Um, I've like the the second two biggest tour or the second tour we did opening for somebody was Love and Rockets, and that was like one of the biggest bands. That, you know, for me uh, in high school, uh, we had Nick Rhodes produce a record. You know, it's just like it's endless. <laughs> like there's just been so many cool things. It almost, mate. It, yeah, I, I, look, I've got a badly tattooed. Can you see it? <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, I got my little lightning bolt. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got an 11 on your hand as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've been numbing an hour and about a hand tattoo. My wife's, I've, got one, I've got one on my finger, but I'm thinking about a hand tattoo, and my wife's a bit like, no, nah, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> That's a career killer, as they call it in the trade. Well, I just really want to say thank you so much, Peter. It's been an absolute oh, joy. Yeah, you, yeah, you totally made my made my lockdown getting to talk to you. It's been amazing. Oh, I can't thank you enough. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. I'll say goodbye. All right. Nice one. Thanks, Peter. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 